on the Dead Files or Haunting in Saginaw, Michigan and Hell's Gate and um, My Ghost Story, that kind of stuff. I'm not really into seeing myself on there. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really watch myself. Um, don't really even care to listen to the podcast uh, and hear my voice. Uh, I don't even like my voice. Um, but some people say that I have a nice voice. Um, nice and deep, I guess, or, but, uh, anyway, uh, enough about myself, I don't like to talk about myself, um, this, this podcast is, uh, mainly, uh, about a case, and like I said before, I'm, re I'm releasing exorcisms and ecbolisms and stuff like that, uh, uh, maybe, maybe even in the future I'll release some um, demonic EVPs. I know that other groups have uh, have have gotten during uh, cases while I was there observing. Um, but this one, this particular case, was the only case where I was unsuccessful in casting out the demons. And the reason why was these were what Paul described in Ephesians chapter 6 as powers. These were the big guys. And I've never encountered um, this uh, the strength of uh, a demon before. And I mean, these were very powerful demons. And I like to give demons credit, but... Of course, after this case, you know, I started experiencing more of the uppers. Um, but, uh, I, 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 but I do believe that in every case there are, you know, if you understand the infrastructure of evil that goes on within a, within a demonic possession, there is always an upper. There is an upper... And then there are a series of lowers that are below. And sometimes in the uppers, there are more than one. So I want to make that clear as well. And your objective as a, whatever you call yourself, as a deliverance minister or exorcist, is to <clears throat> try to get as many of the lowers out as possible to weaken the upper. That's what we do. And then so that you can get to the to the upper and cast them out. 
And I have encountered many uppers before, even in my own case of demonic possession, I had uppers in me and fallen angels. Um, but I've, this particular case, I've never experienced the awe reaction of what happens with uppers when you don't cast them out. I guess that's a better way of explaining it. Um, I mean, there was a huge, huge retaliation on these devil's parts. And it was, it was tragic for everyone that was involved. And it was just felt like a big defeat. And ultimately led down to um, my decline in my mental health and also, um, also affecting my family. Because what, <coughs> what happened after, and this is why you have to know what you're doing in exorcism. When it comes to the counseling, deliverance. I mean, too many, too many Christians, they want to go, they become Christians and they want to fight the devil right away because there is a certain high when you become a Christian. That's great. I mean, the Holy Spirit comes into you and you just feel like you can take on the world. But there's a reason why in the in the apostle in the apostle or I, mean, I keep saying apostle I keep the pastoral letters written by uh, Paul and First Timothy and Titus why there is an outline for a bishop for an elder for a pastor you can't have you can't be short to have a short temper you can't be given to drunkenness you can't you got to make sure that. Um, your house is in order, your children are in order. There, that's why there's why a certain reason why, you know, God chooses a wise person, an elderly person, an older person with experience in life to be an exorcist, to be a pastor. You know, because well, I'm switching around. Why God chooses an older person, more wiser, more experienced in life, to be a minister, to be a pastor, to be a priest, to be part of the presbytery. Because as a pastor, as a minister, you're going to be facing the devil a lot. Either either, literally or non-literally. So, the this case was presented to me by, I believe, two, it was handed down by two, I don't know exact history of it, but it was handed down, I believe, by two paranormal teams. One, one handed it over to uh, Matt Moyer's team, and then he didn't want to deal with it, I believe, that was the case, and then he, he handed it over to me, and um, after counseling the lady over the phone a little bit, um, she decided to come to Michigan. We were to hook her up with a hotel, our church did. And then um, <clears throat> we uh, went from there. But then at the same time, demonologist uh, Tracy Bacon, he's, a Indi uh, he's from Indiana, and uh, he's a good friend of John Zaffis and I's, and uh, he had had a case down in southern Indiana, I'm not exactly going to say the location of it, but the case was pretty bad, it was stage five, and if you don't understand the stages of, of uh, a haunting, the, uh, the fifth stage is known as the dangerous stage. And I personally don't think that it was quite that level, but uh, stage four is the advanced stage. And it was getting to that point. It was getting to the dangerous stage. And sometimes uh, what exorcists would do to, as a little trick, and you have to be pretty advanced in order to know how to do this.
what we'll do is we'll take the we'll take one one uh, uh, demonic possession and we'll write down a bunch of questions about another particular case and when the demons come forward out of the person that is in possession of a demon I apologize my furnace is probably coming on and ruining the audio but like but with those cases we want to find out about another particular case to get a jump on it or if it's pretty mysterious and how the demon got there we'll use a, a, a possession make those demons come forward and during and we'll interrogate them using the Holy Spirit or angels to compel them to tell the truth about that other case and get the information and then so that we're ready for the next case and again you have to be know what you're doing you have to be pretty pretty advanced in deliverance ministry or exorcism to know what how to do this kind of thing and um, you know you, you gotta know how to talk to demons you gotta know how to um, compel them to, to try to tell the truth because they're gonna lie to you and you gotta know what they're gonna lie and, and so forth so we uh, so I informed Tracy about you know we could do something like that you know since it's such a dangerous case uh, but you also got to be careful and this is a great example of this, this particular case of why you should not I mean you should you should know what you're doing and uh, be careful of your surroundings and what I mean by that is when you're you're messing with the demonic like this you have to make sure that not only because a lot of people when they when they do exorcism they do um, deliverance and they deal with demons they are I hate that word deal with demons but that phrase is not really dealing with demons um, you are only thinking about the front that you're putting up and it is a spiritual war it is a spiritual war and so you're you're actually trying to outmaneuver the devil and his demons while he is also trying to outmaneuver you and this is a great example of this case um, because what ultimately happened was without Tracy Bacon backing me up I had jumped the gun and I had started an interrogation interrogating the uh, demons that were in the lady before Tracy Bacon even showed up and then um, that night the the demons had actually jumped out of her, went all the way down to southern Indiana, hundreds of miles away, and had uh, informed a demon there at that haunting what we were trying to do. And then all hell broke loose in that, in that house. And of course they came back to the lady and um, but what we did get out of the demons that were in the lady about uh, when we were compelling to get the truth out about the demon in southern Indiana was that it was powerful it was strong and um, there, there was some other information that I'm not going to get into but that is pretty much what you know you're dealing with you're dealing with um, beings fallen angels these are fallen angels that we were messing with that are smart they've been doing this for thousands of years and they outmaneuvered us by doing that that was the first step 
went down going down and talking to one of our other other buddies in southern Indiana about and warning them about what we were doing. And then not only that, after the attempted exorcism, the church that we had conducted the exorcism in had faced a dilemma. The congregation became divided. The pastor of the church, the senior pastor, had come down with a mental disease where he was forced to retire early. And the youth pastor there was found out doing some things uh, with the girls in his ministry. And he abruptly left. And so essentially, temporarily, that church was destroyed. Uh, but then another past God filled that church with a better pastor, actually, and uh, it was actually a lot better. And him and I actually became, became very good friends. Um, so that is what you're dealing with. And when you are messing, when you discover in your case that you, oh, why, I guess I'm going to be dealing with devils, fallen angels, um, you're going to have to keep everything in your life and in your surroundings secure. You're going to have to take a look at your finances. Take a look at, make sure everybody in your family is saved and in good health, because I'll get to that in a moment. And also make sure that your life is secure and your family is secure. And your job, your ministry, and you're going to have to have any unconfessed sins come out. because they'll be exposed. So that was the second step that these devils had done. The second, the third step was directed mainly toward me because I was the exorcist. They couldn't get at me because at the time I was an ecbalist and I was honed and tuned with God. God was leading me and speaking to me and what to do and um, so they circumnavigated around me and attacked my family. And that's when the funerals seemed to never stop. I lost one aunt to liver cancer. I lost one, one aunt who my, my dad's, well, going to order, I lost my my grandfather, who I greatly admired, he was the patriarch of our family. I lost, um, I lost my dad. Uh, died of a lower abdominal aneurysm, but in the process of being in the hospital, died of a heart attack. I lost my, my uncle, my dad's brother. I lost my um, my dad's sister, my aunt, to an uncurable, un I mean, untreatable form of cancer. And then the last person in that side of the family was my my grandmother, my dad's dad, my dad's mom, and she had watched all of her kids die in front of her. Not only that, then I on my mother's side, I lost. Both I uh, bought. I lost my grandfather, and then uh, my mother, my grandmother, came down with dementia. And on top of that, I know you're probably thinking, I'm like, wow, oh my gosh, is there's more? Uh, this went on from 2012 after. Well, I, yeah, it went on. Well, it went on from for about a two-year span. And in 2012, after my father died, um, I decided I didn't want to be a pastor anymore. And then, uh, because I built that church from the ground up, the uh, board of directors uh, decided, well, you know, we're not going to do this without you. 
and uh, so they, we agreed to file articles of dissolution with the state of Michigan and we dissolved our church. And then, um, yeah, there's more. <laughs> and then I lost my career. Well, it was the beginning of the downfall of my career in the printing industry because I was doing that full time and on the side, uh, part time. I was a, I was a, I was a pastor, uh, pa a pastor today. Um, and then um, yeah, that was it, I believe. Yeah, I, yeah. Now I think about it. Our finances took a heavy, heavy burden. It took a heavy tumble. We nearly lost our home and lost everything. So, you know, a lot of people think that demons have to be an extreme case in order for it to be demonic. No, no. A demon, demonic cases are. You know, the term, you know, most people say demonic cases, you know, they mean the uppers. That's pretty much what I, you know, when I, when I hear that, and I say, well, it's a demonic case. Okay, well, it, to your term, then, it is an upper. It's a fallen angel. But demons are all spirits other than angels that are on, on, the, on, the, on the planet. And I've had to explain this several times to people. There are uppers. And there are lowers. The lowers are the ones that are in haunted homes that are manipulating things, that are deceiving people and portraying dead people. When you die, you can either go to heaven or hell. That's it. That's what the Bible says. And demons are on the planet walking around and can portray dead people. And they do that to, um, to, to cause confusion. And the Bible says in Colossians that God is not the author of confusion. The devil is. And so he is going to try and get you to think that there are you know, dead people walking the earth still, watching over us, so that you're, you get this warped sensation about the afterlife. Oh, I guess maybe I, I, you know, I don't have to go to heaven or hell. Maybe I will walk the earth and, and I can be more free. Or that, you know, they, they say things, they, they try to get that doctrine out there like that. So, because it's a demonic doctrine. To believe that there are dead, the spirits of the dead haunting homes, so that the sting of the law, the divine law, is not so great upon you when you realize that there is, is that there is a God, and that that when the gospel message to you is preached, because. It is actually harder to preach Jesus to people in the paranormal community because they have they are sucked in to this false doctrine that demons are portraying, and the the fact is that there is circumstantial evidence and physical evidence to show that Jesus did exist. Archaeology has proved it. There are also historical documents from witnesses to show that Jesus did exist. One very popular one is Josephus. Josephus actually wrote about Jesus. He was a witness. And we can we can debate this and so on, but let me get let me get back to this case. So this lady um, you know, I, I take things a little step further other than demonic possession and I, 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 I add personally on to because I know what the capabilities of the occult are able to do because I used to be an occultist, I take things a step further and say, well, yeah, there's 
there's a demonic obsession, demonic oppression, demonic possession, but there's also demonic transformation. And when people ask me, well, what's that? What's demonic transformation? It's like, well, they can manipulate your body. They, you know, that whatever function, whatever type of fallen angel it is, they have the capability of changing the body. And then the great example that I've given before is the case of Jane Roberts, when, you know, the unknown to you people, founder of the New Age movement, here she was, her hand had morphed into a paw, a dog-like paw, right in front of her husband and everybody during a seance. And um, because the spirit that was in her manipulated her physical body. And there had, they have that capability. And Ed Warren, a famous demonologist, even talked about this type of manipulation and they can even suck the life out of people, making them look old or transforming their appearance and, and also manipulating the organs, giving disease. And the Bible talks about Jesus going about healing the sick and casting out demons. It was almost um, connected when you read that in scripture. And he went to such and such place and he healed the sick, the sick and cast out demons. So they, cause, they can cause disease, they can manipulate the human body, they can give you cancer, they can take cancer away, they can give you any type of disease that they want. When they, when they get in you and they manipulate you. So this is, uh, this case was, uh, it was very emotional. And of course, she had in the past, she had done some stuff in the occult and she was sexually abused. This lady that you're about to hear. And the, the manipulation that demons did on her body was that she was in her early 50s at the time. And she looked like she was in her mid-60s. She looked like she was an old person. The, the, the uh, manipulation that the these demons were doing to her and I felt really bad for her and uh, I, I, I feel bad for anybody that goes through demonic possession because I've been there so what you're going to hear is, um, you know, in, in a lot of movies, you're going to hear, you know, the, the sound effects that people are going to put on to the, the demon when it comes forward, giving it a deep voice and echoing and stuff like that. That's not always the case. Um, you're an experienced exorcist, you're going to identify the demon even if they use that person's voice. And that's what these did. And it was such a touchy subject, I even explored uh, dissociative identity disorder in here. But then we were seeing very, you know, a lot of spiritual stuff going on. And, um, and she was actually speaking Hebrew. Like I, I remember when when they first came forward in the hotel room and and uh, I suddenly saw the demonic look and so I decided to test the uh, the spirits if there were spirits in her and I, I said in Hebrew Eretov which means good evening and instantly they responded in Hebrew and I was like, okay. And I looked at her, took her boyfriend off to the side because he was there, and I said, uh, does she speak Hebrew? Does she know Hebrew? Because Hebrew is one of those languages where like a lot, not a lot of people speak, you know, and 
you know, in the United States, you know, Wilhelm will speak either French, very little, or mostly Spanish and English, you know, that type of stuff. And she's, she's like, no. You know, I, I thought that she was just speaking gibberish. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I'd identified Hebrew. And uh, so I, uh, I knew a Messianic Jew at the time down in Cincinnati. Took some of the recordings, had it translated, and come back, and and it was certainly from a from a rabbi. That of course it was it was Hebrew, just to have it confirmed. Now that was after we did the initial exorcism that day, and I'm like, oh yeah, she was, yeah, there was definitely stuff going on in her. And uh, but unfortunately, and this is the reason why. They tell this to, to people when they try to cast out demons, and demons don't go. And so, the paranormal community has made this excuse that, okay, well, it's got to be Jen then. <laughs> if, if, you, if you know theology, which I know Jew, Jew, uh, Jewish theology, and no Islamic theology, and no Christian theology, familiar with uh, world religions because that's such a requirement in in seminary <laughs> you know you know that the jinn are equivalent and in jinn and in Islam are equivalent to the, what we call pythonic spirits or demonic spirits in Christianity it's just that in Islam they believe that the jinn are made from smokeless fire. Humans are made from the earth and angels are made from the air, which is also confirmed in, in Hebrews. So they're demons. Jinn are demons. It's just another term for them in, in Islam. They're evil spirits. And so the uh, I lost my train of thought. This is what happens when you get older. But um, in this case, um, there was other things that went on. There was uh, another demonologist there, John Mueller, and he's in uh, Mississippi right now, living. And he was there. I should have him on later on another another podcast uh, but he was there and after the, the events at the hotel he went home received a phone call with just a dead tone and if you are familiar with um, how you know because back then he had a house phone if you're familiar with how the landlines sound and the dead tone that kind of thing that's what he received and he got some uh, voice uh, that came that spoke to him in return and uh, yelling at him and it was just an unavailable number on his caller ID and it was unexplainable and he can explain it better than I can so I'll have to see about that so of course the following day was the exorcism this is just a small piece of what happened it was like six or seven hours long and the afterwards I was just drenched in sweat and uh, oh trying to get back to why the why demons are don't get cast out it's because the person we we evangelized to her and tried to ex have her accept Christ, but they were the demons were so influential in her decision making that she wouldn't she wouldn't do it. And the law, of course, was uh, having a big effect on her. Um, she understood that she was sinning, uh, but when she was trying to in her heart except Jesus they weren't letting her and we just knew that by then that there was really nothing much that we can do because it's not our fight as exorcists not God's fight it's the person's fight 
they have to try to expel the demons. They have to be willing to do it. And I've had cases where where people would just, you know what, I I, I don't want to. I don't want to accept Christ. I don't. I don't want to go any further with the counseling and anything. And I've, you know, and, and during the counseling sessions, the demons have come come forward. And I've talked to them, and and uh, it's, it's just a person's uh, inability to 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 seek that help through Christ that they, uh, you know, the demons won't leave, and. So this was, um, and the devil did, uh, I, I discussed in my book, The Ecbalist, my story, uh, that the devil did come forward uh, through her at one point. And he told me, Greg, Greg, why do you fight me so? Why do you always have to fight me? And I remember responding, I'll always fight you. And it was that that it was that that point I knew. I thought, okay, well, I mean, I may not be able to cast these demons out because she's not gonna want to help herself. So I'll send a message. And so I proceeded with the oath of exorcism, and I wanted to prove to the devil, to these demons, that I may be just a sinner. I may be just a Christian, but I can still, and everybody who is listening to this podcast right now, as a Christian, you have the ability to make the devil do what you want to do, that you have power, you have authority over the devil. And I sat there. I got my binder out of the Oath of Exorcism and I made those demons say at least, and the devil, say at least half of the Oath of Exorcism. I got all the way up to where the Oath says, and release of all the future generations, and they just, all hell broke loose. They just would not say it. They did everything in their power not to say it, you know, through the Holy Spirit and through angels. I mean, we were invoking angels there too. It was a fight. It was the biggest fight that I ever had with demons in this case. And we were doing everything that we could to get these demons to say that part because they want all the future generations, your future generations. And I wanted to prove to the devil that not every time, not everyone, you're going to be able to get. So in a way, it was a spiritual uppercut that I was giving to the devil. He came forward, taunted me, I gave him an uppercut. I'm feeling something. I'm feeling something draw out of me. That was not me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Repeat. Repeat what Greg's asking you to. Who? Me? 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 Or you again? Yeah. Something's holding my head. Um, like, like, like this, like, like down, like this. In the name of Jesus Christ and the holy blood of Christ Jesus of Nazareth, I command you to release this child of God in his holy name and his holy power, release her. You cannot resist under the blood of Jesus. In his name, amen. Feel any relief? Feel any weight? Is my left, 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 left off you? 
It did for a minute, just a second, and then it put it back down. Right, we'll just keep. I got a whole bottle here. Another ass that you always do coming in near, drawing near to Rhonda. We ask a question, John 14 14, question is going here. You still there? No, she's not. No, what is this? Say I. You can just uh, want to include me if that's okay with you. You gotta take a. Why can't I? I cut you off. I take the sword of the spirit. I cut you off from the soul. You're not on it. You come together from all parts of right now. I want her soul. No. I want yours. No. You're not taking anybody here. You come. I should exist in human form. You come together from all parts of the right now in Jesus' name. And you say I to Nick. Say I to I want to include her, please. Say I to You are cut off from Rhonda. I separate the spirit from the soul in Jesus' name. Say hi to me. Get it away from me. I separate this spirit from this soul in Jesus' name. Come out. you cannot resist Christ Jesus name I command you to come out in Jesus name I ask for holy angels of the Lord to come upon this this soul to bring this spirit of this this entity this demon out of her in Jesus name our father who art in heaven Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Come on out. Thy shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the Red, why should I leave? Why bread. should I leave? Wouldn't you want the same? So we forgive those. You come together from all parts of Rhonda. You hear me? Wouldn't you want the same? Come from all parts of now in evil. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the glory and the power forever and ever take my place I'll give you all the Amen. powers and there's no deals say I to but you want me to make a deal you want say I to Dominic I know I to I know I to Dominic say it say it say it say it so there you have it The, the only deliverance that uh, I was able, unable to, uh, to help uh, with this lady. And um, so one thing is I, I hope with uh, releasing these exorcisms like this that it helps you to get a grasp of what... Um, what it's like in the unseen world that there are demons out there they're watching us all the time and uh, doing stuff in the background to try to keep us from doing um, any of our spiritual gifts So, you know, the, in my experience, uh, being an exorcist, it is, um, your eyes are, are pretty much open to the, um, 
to how this world works. Now, the Bible says that we have three enemies, our flesh, the devil, and this world. And as an exorcist, I can tell you just how those are our enemies. For one, our flesh, as um, the Apostle Paul talks about in the New Testament, the flesh is the first part of us that will run to the door when sin comes knocking. Sigmund Freud called it, called it the id. And it is that part of us that is full of animal instinct, is full of um, desire to do wicked things. I mean, for, for crying out loud, it's, that's, that part of us is just um, the bad part of us, basically. And um, that's pretty much the foundation of the three enemies. The other is the devil, of course, and what that pretty much means is demons. They're out there, they're everywhere in the world, whether they're in a house, an object, or in a person. <clears throat> you know, the, the first, of course, is a domain, and when they are in a house, they are making themselves confined to the abilities that we have, and so that they have to go through corridors, they have to go through doors, and when we cleanse a house, we bless a house, we make sure that we get all the corridors and entryways, and we anoint them with oil and do it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of pastors, or other exorcists, do things differently on how they, you know, they bless or cleanse a home. Uh, personally, I like to use a, a orthodox incense burner, use frankincense, and I'll use anointing oil. If need be, I'll use uh, holy water too, but very rarely do I use holy water. Anointing oil stays on the uh, on the corridors, on the doors, above around the windows. It stays there. It stains. Uh, blessed salt is another good object. I like to use it out in the basement and foundationary areas, especially outside too. Inside the home, salt stays. Well, water evaporates. And um, so that's, you know, very rarely do I use that. Only ever do I use it for, for, only for blessing and for uh, tormenting demons during an exorcism. And so, you know, and they, demons have to, they like to be in a domain, a home, something that has been abandoned. Uh, like in another podcast, we'll talk about, you know, what makes a haunting? And I hope that a lot of people don't use that knowledge to try and create a haunting because we're not into creating hauntings. I especially am not. I am here as an exorcist to kick demons out. And the world is basically the made up of the other two demons and our flesh. And those people that have allowed themselves to come under possession of a demon and be influenced tempted by a demon to run the world or to operate in the world is what makes the world our enemy. So when the stuff that you watch on television, you watch horror movies, you watch um, like the big fad out there right now is uh, Netflix's Squid Game. Um, so the poison that you Put in your mind like that. Whatever you watch, whatever you hear, the teachings that you hear in the world, that's all our enemy. Now, personally, in my family, and my my wife and I, we don't we're not into horror movies. We're not into uh, watching a lot of secular things, which is the world. 
and we are sun we want to raise them right and uh, keep them curse free from any generational curses that maybe we do a lot of curse breaking we do a lot of prayer and we surround our home with Christ uh, you come into our home there is um, there's a lot of religious objects there's a lot of crosses uh, above our corridor in our, our kitchen uh, with one in our bedroom, one in my son's room, uh, right on the wall we have family family pictures and the verse from Joshua says as for me and my house we shall serve the Lord. And by the way if you can hear everybody moving in the background it's my dog and uh, just so you know his name is Brownie he's a chocolate lab and he likes to snuggle he's trying to get up on the couch with me right now but uh, you have to surround yourself with Christ keep evil out keep the demonic from trying to manifest um, so but yeah there's a uh, this world I mean I was just thinking about it today Adam and Eve really screwed things up let's put it that way I mean the first sin allowed the demonic to come into this world and take legal right over basically this world and subdue it and uh, curses can go all the way back to Adam and Eve and so that's another thing is if you are interested in curse breaking I can help you if you're interested in trying to find out if you have a demon or if you know you have a demon and Skype with me we can <coughs> I have teams we can do teams and we can get on there or or Google Duo and we can chat and talk about uh, you know you can get some counseling and you can get uh, the help that you need to get rid of those demons and I'll be here for you and we can do some curse breaking with COVID a lot of exorcists are doing that now and people are probably thinking like well how can you do can you how can you cast out demons over the internet it's it's very possible you'd be very surprised how the demonic works first of all you got to keep in mind that the devil and his demons are a defeated enemy and so the best way I can explain it is like you know you United States goes in and takes over another country let's say or China goes in and takes over another country and annexes it and takes it over um, rundowns the cities and really just makes everything their own that country is defeated and now that dominant country that took them over can do whatever they want and that's the way de the, the demonic is and they like to portray that they are fearsome they are mighty they're strong and they'll even tell you that during an exorcism oh we're strong we're strong no you're not and in the in the face of God you're nothing so and you watch a lot of these I mean don't go to a horror movie and and see demons and an exorcism or whatever and think that that's what's going on and you know as a you know I'm, I tell people I'm a, I'm a Protestant mainly I'm a New Testament Christian I only go by what the Bible says I'm a theologian I go by what the Bible says I don't add any man-made doctrines in it and I don't believe in denomination you know denomination was created by man man divided the church not God and that's why we have all these 
different denominations. We have Catholic Church, we have the Old Catholic Church, we have the Orthodox Church, we have Protestants, which are Lutheran, Baptist, Episcopals, you know, and Methodists, and so on. Man did that, not God. There's only one church, one way to interpret the Bible. And it's just the man is just in a tradition and a lot of other junk to it and it just doesn't work for God. I mean if you really wanted to get technical, one thing that Jesus hated about the Pharisees was that they would mourn in public, they would brag in public, they would extend their lo their their robes and add stuff to them to to make them look different in appearance and everything. But the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, which means he does not care what you look like, or how high you are, how rich you are, how poor you are. You are just a human being to him. And when we look at the Catholic Church, not to bash my Catholic friends, but I just want to show you, you know, that we look at the Catholic Church, the, the Cardinals have, there's different ranks. The cardinals have red robes. The bishops have a big old cross they put them in their pocket on the inside of their jacket. You know, they, they wear all these different the garments and everything and God don't care about that. I'm sure that's not what he wanted his church to look like. So and Another thing is, is I know I'm going to offend a lot of Catholics out there, is the Pope is not the Holy Father. There's only one Father, in the, and the Scriptures say that. The Heavenly Father is the Holy Father. He's the Father of the Church. The Holy Spirit is the Governor of the Church. And Jesus is our King. We don't pray to Mary. We only there's only one intercessor between us and God, and that is Jesus Christ. Now, I love you guys in the Catholic Church, but and that's another thing too is because of this combination, the Catholic Church and Hollywood and and perceptions, people develop this idea that demons are strong. And demons are, it has to be an extreme case in order for it to be demonic. I hear that all the time in the paranormal community, and that's ridiculous. And the Catholic Church has really got it out there that, oh, it's, it's very rare. Demonic possession is very rare. It is not rare. And I have told people repeatedly, I can prove it to you. And there's plenty of other exorcists out there, not just in the Protestant church, that can prove it also. I've told people, I still have that offer out there, if you want to see a, a demonic possession and you're willing to sit down and watch it, you're invited. And I'll let you talk to the demons and just see what it's like. And you can see the authority, the power that God has over these things. I mean, when I talk to a demon because I'm spirit-filled with the Holy Spirit, they have to reply to me honestly. They have to tell me the truth. I can make them say whatever I want. That's how defeated demons are. And you have nothing to fear when it comes to the demonic. And I, I'll tell everybody out there, and I hope that a lot of people in the paranormal community are, are listening, because the God-honest truth is when you go into these haunted homes, or you go ghost hunting, you are looking for demons. And they are tricking you and they love it don't believe me come to an exorcism I'll let you sit down with the demon and it will answer those questions 
and it ha will have to do it honestly because I have the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit-filled Christian, and it has to do it no matter what. Or I can cause it torment. And that's another thing. A lot of Christians out there think that they don't have much power over demons. Jesus said, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the wiles of the enemy. You have power as a Christian. And all you have to do is say certain words to them to cause them pain and suffering. You can go into a haunted home. They don't want to, I mean, this is what I would do. This is what I used to do when I went into a haunted home. This is what happened. I go, you know, get reports from a paranormal team. Oh, you got to come in and uh, see this home. Uh, there's a lot of demonic activity going on, stuff flying around, stuff moving, audible voices. We were seeing shadowy people and everything. So I'll come in to observe. I walk into the home, sit down, talk with the family, have a good time, wait. Nothing happens. Why? Because I'm a Holy Spirit-filled Christian. Demons know that whatever I say, whatever I tell them, whatever I do and to command them, they have to do. They know that I can cause them torment just by a word. <coughs> if I say torment, they're tormented. If I say fire upon them, just by saying that, I put fire upon you in Jesus' name. It happens. If I just say, I torment you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or I even just say torment, they're tormented. They are a defeated enemy, folks. And that's how easy it is for a Christian, a spirit-filled Christian, to combat demons. And I encourage people to try to become exorcists and learn as much as they can because this world is getting darker. And in the next podcast, I'll show you the number one demon out there right now that shows the times. That we are in the end times. Because this demon is out there and about... It is the show of the times. That we are definitely in the end times. And we need more exorcists than ever, folks. Because the enemy is out there and seeking to destroy Christians and is seeking, seeking to destroy the church. The more the demonic is out there, the more it is rising up the more we're going to see persecution of Christians and, uh, and the world coming at the church and trying to destroy it. Because it is the only thing that is holding back all this demonic activity and keeping it from coming up. So that's it for tonight. And uh, so the next podcast, I'm going to talk about the number one most dangerous demon out there and it is the show of the times proving that we are in the end times so let's pray Heavenly Father we come before you thank you Lord for this message thank you for this teaching and I hope Lord that others listen to it can uh, get a word of wisdom and knowledge in their own ministry and uh, and combat demons, Lord. And go out and help others and uh, get excited to help others. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
have been listening to The Exorcist's Podcast. A production of Haggard Enterprises, 2021.